Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, vulnerable, explicit conversations about love, bodies, relationships, pleasure, all of the facets that combine to create the human experience of sexuality. It's a good thing we have 370 episodes and counting because this stuff is complicated. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com where you will find our complete podcast archive. And to get started with us right away, go to PleasureMechanics.com slash free where you can enroll in our free online course and check out our other resources we have waiting and ready for you. We have been doing online sex education for 13 years, and the beauty of that, um, somehow I'm kind of just waking up to, is that we have so much to offer you because we've been working on these resources and building them and building out these courses that are now just ready and waiting for you. We have courses on everything from couples massage, where you get to see Charlotte pleasure the human body head to toe. We have courses on foreplay where you get all of our erotic massage techniques and then our newer courses like kink and erotic spanking and mindful sex. So we are ready to guide you. It's like we drop into your home through the beauty of the internet and are there with you stroke by stroke. And when you have questions, you can jump on and ask us and we are there for you, you know, in this kind of beautiful way. And it allows us to have over 10,000 students in our school now. And it's a school of 10,000 global pleasure seekers, all there to learn how to love and share more pleasure and give the ones in their life that they love the most more joy. Um, It's a really beautiful community. Uh, I don't know, why am I talking about this? You're invited. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com where you find everything we have to offer, Um, it's just a real joy being in this work, especially now. So to timestamp this episode a little bit, it's May, 2020. We are again in the midst of the global coronavirus pandemic, and it is really more important to me than ever to be here for you all and, um, share techniques to come home to our bodies and to one another. If you have access to touch, Uh, but also just to be here in this conversation about how we can love one another better and resource one another in our bodies and share the love because we all need it right now. All right, deep breaths. We are going into today's episode. We were looking again for another episode that we could talk to you about one of these tools that will be always relevant for you, always um, here for you to help you understand your sexuality and your sexual experience a little better, but also helps us understand this moment we're in, uh, this crisis emergency moment of social change and fallout and uh, perhaps even revolution. We are in it, we are in it with you, and we're going to be talking about sexual context context is a word we use a lot and it's come up a lot for me recently in the emails from you as you're describing the sudden changes in your sexual responses like I used to really love cunnilingus and now I feel nothing but tickly and anxious what's going on why did my body change so suddenly or my husband and I were in this great rhythm of sex and all of a sudden I have zero interest should I divorce him we're all experiencing these tremendous changes 
And what I want to remind us all to do is slow down and remember and honor how context dependent human sexuality is. How context dependent human sexuality is. So human sexuality, meaning our sexual responses, how our bodies respond to touch, our desires and our wants, what some would call libido, uh, what we're up for, what we're craving, that, but also our orientation, who we're attracted to, but also our identity, who we feel ourselves to be. All of these facets of human sexuality from our identity to our sensation responses and our arousability and our orgasmic response, that entire spectrum changes dependent on your context. Okay, what is context? That's the big question. (laughs) When we say context, we mean all of the external circumstances that impact and affect us. And the, the state of our mind and our brain in the present moment. So it's kind of like the entire story of the present moment. Exactly. Right? Everything outside, everything inside <laughs> our bodies. It is enormous. It is a huge experience. But we start breaking that down, right? So everything from the temperature of the room to what is visually in the room to the scents in the room and the memories of those scents... So if you're feeling safe, if something is new and novel, what kind of day you had at work, what kind of week you had, month you've had, year you've had, right? So the temporal context, um, we can just keep going, right? Like if you're building a scene and it's almost, I have what I call like a white box fantasy, right? So if we think of, you know, that scene in the matrix where you have a white box and you just drop a human being in it. Everything we need to know about that moment is context. Where are they? Who are they with? What kind of day in life have they had? Um, And then the social context, right? And then we get relational and we start looking at the relational context of a sexual moment. And then we start looking at the context of your emotional state and your body state. This is a lot of details to attend to. And we can see if we start factoring all of that in and we start grouping it under this word context, we see why human sexuality is context dependent. So if it is so big, how is this useful? Without the understanding that context affects literally everything, we think that there's something wrong with us when our libido tanks, when we have no desire, when things that normally have felt good don't feel that good anymore. And we think there's something wrong with us. So it's so important to understand that something that has changed in the context could be deeply affecting your experience of your own body and pleasure. And context is one of those factors that's so important to be reminded of again and again. When you feel a change, when you're confused, when you're feeling a longing, like looking around and feeling your context can really help us understand our current expression as an individual sexual creature amongst this sexual culture we are living in. Um, Emily Nagoski writes a lot about this in her landmark book, Come As You Are, which is her offering looking at tons of science of sexuality. And when we say science, everything from biology to social sciences to neuropsychology, 
Nagoski gathered all of that up under her wise arms and then wrote this book, Come As You Are, that offers us so many really important frameworks to understand sexuality. So we reference it a lot. Um, but she talks a lot about context. And one of the ways she teaches about this is to think about tickling. Mm. Tickling is another one of those sensory inputs that often has a social context. And we can understand right away how the experience of being tickled is completely context dependent on whether that is delightful and perhaps even arousing or annoying or perhaps even violent and intrusive, right? All of that experience of being tickled at the same part of your arm in the same pressure, your experience of that tickle is context. This is perception. How we experience this sensation is different depending on the context. We physically experience the same sensation as different in different contexts. Mm -hmm. So I want to think like context beyond, right? Because we can look around our own homes and think context. And we did a episode that actually got way more response than we were planning on it getting um, about remaking your bedroom and creating a sexier context in your bedroom, getting rid of the things that cause you stress. Uh, again, Emily Nagoski reminds us of that gas breaks model. So in thinking about context, you can think of what are the things that put gas on my arousal and what are the things that put the brakes on my arousal or even my like willingness or wanting this. And again, the tickling you're doing dishes and thinking about what a shitty day you've had and the water is splashed on you and your belly's wet and you already feel gross and you can't wait to get in the shower and your lover comes up and tickles you, you might snap into a fight versus you've had a great day and you've been walking around, you're feeling totally relaxed and you're having a drink together and a butterfly goes by and you're both just in it and your lover reaches over and tickles you like a butterfly you might think that's like the most romantic, delightful thing ever. The context there is not only that sensual atmosphere, it's also the emotional atmosphere. And this is a word we use a lot when we say safety. And when I say safety, I'm talking about social safety, the state in the body. And I can't wait to get geek out on the neuroscience of this with you all sometime. But the state in the body that tells us we are socially safe, we belong, we can relax and just be that is a very specific state of the human nervous system. Um, and it allows pleasure. It allows connection. It's what makes that tickle feel delightful instead of intrusive. And I really invite you all to explore this context of safety because you can feel unsafe with your own spouse in your own home. And your body state is one of threat, and hypervigilance and not safety. And if that is your context, almost nothing can get through that. Or you discover that's your context and you start working with it and you start doing some trauma recovery and you start working with your nervous system and you start learning what works for you. And for a lot of those people, like you can find entry points. If you're a hypervigilant, anxious person and your nervous system is always cranked up, you need to know that about yourself to create a context where you're going to want to have sex. And that needs to be done on purpose. Versus if your nervous system is one of hypo arousal, hypo meaning low, 
again, needs to be dealt with if you want the context of building arousal and sharing arousal. We all need to know our bodies and what context they come with preloaded. And that's a lot based on your personal history, your social history, your sexual history. And this context, this inner story, this story of your nervous system, how you respond to stimuli, how you feel safe and socially connected and when you don't. And frankly, some of us have never felt socially safe and connected while having sex. Uh, our culture doesn't um, set us up for that. Our cultural context, and again, I could go in for this for hours. Our cultural context is not one that facilitates, how do I say this in the gentlest way possible? Our cultural context is one of sexual violence and it does not facilitate feeling safe in our erotic bodies and feeling safe getting naked with one another and vulnerable and being ready to share sexual pleasure. It just doesn't. So we need to create that context on purpose. This inner context, this state of your nervous system and how you respond to things is the work of a lifetime. We can focus on that context of our home, our bedroom, but frankly, it's all too easy to redecorate the bedroom when you haven't worked on the (laughs) inner landscape of your mind and your body. Um, One more thing, and then I'm going to throw it back over to Char, but I want to also get out the context really tells us a lot about triggers. And this is a word we will do a whole episode about sometime, but triggers, triggers are kind of, you can think of them as fireworks preloaded with context. And those fireworks in our bodies are preloaded with stories and trauma that has been stuck and things we have not resolved. And it explains why one person being pushed up against a brick wall in an alley being kissed, that will be the hottest thing ever. And for another person, that could be a trigger that sends them into a panic response, a trauma response. Triggers also, and the positive side of triggers, so triggers are the things that set off a fear or a trauma response in the body. What we call glimmers are the things that set off a pleasure response, a safety response. And so we can start kind of mapping our triggers. What are the things that make you feel totally turned off right away? They're like the emergency brake being pulled on your arousal, on your interest in sex. We all have them. Some of them are preloaded from trauma. Some of them are like, oh, that reminds me of my, you know, ugh. whatever makes that like that, ugh, the repulsion. Um, those are breaks in your context and then the gas the glimmers are the things that make you feel like you want to be erotic that you want to feel sexual what are the things in your environment and the mindsets and attitudes that can help you build a context for more eroticism within the context of the moment that you maybe can't control we're all experiencing a big context that we have more or less control about And then there's context you can control and start shaping. Thank you for letting me get that all out. (laughs) And why this is so important to understand is because as humans, if we don't have this larger understanding of the significance and impact of context, we will immediately make our lack of desire or lack of interest in sex our own fault. We will think that we are broken. There is something wrong with us. And... That is perhaps why we're not as interested in sex 
right now when we are at this moment of global stress. But that is all just within our one being. And then we think about the context and the relationality of a moment. And that is another realm of control we can start attending to. And this is where intention comes in. But we also have to recognize that intention isn't the same as what Charlotte was saying is perception. And so we can start attending to the context where we're trying to initiate sex, for example, where we're trying to connect with our lover. Is this a good context for what I'm trying to experience together? Or does the context need some shaping before the experience I am seeking? Right. And this is the response that comes out of me when I get emails like I really want to spank my wife, but we have never even talked about sex. It's like you don't get to jump to step 15 without starting to get comfortable talking about sex. Right. We need to start where we are and start shaping the context towards the experiences we are longing for. So there's so much unlearning and unpacking and unraveling of the things we've been taught from our family, from our culture, that we've integrated, that we've that that influences all of our actions and behaviors. And then there's the rebuilding and reimagining different ways of being. This is an enormous job. It can feel overwhelming to think about how much context influences and impacts our lived experience of sexuality. Mm -hmm. But it's important to remember that it can go both ways. And while it can make for a challenging experience of our sexuality, it can also be something that is cultivated and can create more of the sexuality that we want to be experiencing. Mm -hmm. Context is bisexual. It goes both ways. It goes always, right? Mm. It is. It can be supportive. It can be draining. When you look at context, again, in these circles of what can you control and what do you not control, you start realizing there's gas and brakes all around us. Some of those levers are inaccessible to us and others are right at our fingertips. We will link in the show notes page to the manage your turn-ons and turn-offs where we talk about this gas and brakes model. It is essential if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, but do not despair because context can be cultivated to support you. And what that means is that you can take small actions that you can control to influence and impact for the better your own experience of your body, your relationships with others, your circle of influence with your community, where you can be creating more context that is sexually supportive mm -hmm. so we can take actions there is so much we can't control but there is a lot we can control to try and create an experience of a more joyful sexuality mm -hmm. or at least take steps towards creating that social safety to start opening up to relaxing into pleasure that might be where you're at um, you know, I use a lot of woodworking metaphors, um, shout out to all the home hobbyists and send me pictures of your woodworking, <laughs> but here's a gardening metaphor for you. When we talk about cultivating the context for all the gardeners out there, we understand soil remediation. We've all inherited a polluted plot of land with paltry soil where not much can grow very well. 
And to the extent you have access to more or less sunlight, better or worse soil, more or less minerals is a lot about your cultural context within, you know, the systems of power in our culture. And that needs to be remediated. But when we're looking at the conditions around the plant that is you, right, your vine, your flower, um, will you bloom if you don't work on the soil, on the context Hells no, you're going to wither, right? You're going to struggle and all life wants to grow. Like we've been spending time in the garden. It's beautiful how persistent life is, how much it wants to grow, how much it reaches towards the light, how much it wants to freaking bloom and be pollinated and brah. And we are like those flowers. We want to thrive and we are looking all the time for the conditions to do so. And the little acts, it's listening to this podcast, it's having conversations with less shame, it's giving yourself permission to buy that toy at last, it's reading the books, doing the inner work to remediate the soil of your sexual context. Um, And sometimes that means taking things out. Sometimes that means putting things in, right? So we root out, we excavate that which does not serve the body shame, the attitudes about pleasure, the voices that are telling you, you know, what right do you have to this? How dare you? Who do you think you are? All of that bullshit needs to come out of your context. And what needs to go in is a lot of permission, a lot of gratitude, a lot of sense of, oh, pleasure is actually good for me. When I do this, I feel good. My relationship feels better. I can choose the pleasures and kinds of connections I want so I don't have to do the things I don't want to do, right? We have to instill new attitudes. And that's what we're doing here week by week on this podcast. We are here with you. We are here with you as we do this work of changing the context So we can have more sexual joy, pleasure, and connection. I keep coming back to these three words, by the way. Joy, pleasure, connection um, has these kind of big whys behind sex, right? It's about the fucking, but it's also about so much more. Um, Yeah, we're in it with you. And we hope these resources help you create a context for yourself that supports you more while we also all work to create a global context to support this like one organism of human sexuality that thrums around the earth. Right? All right. So please be kind to yourself as you explore your context. Most of it is ideas and beliefs that you did not choose that has been handed down to you. And any work that you do to pull it out will influence you the people around you and the next generation truly truly so it is incredibly powerful work it matters it affects your lived experience of your own life and it's powerful and valuable so and if starting with the big attitudes feels overwhelming start with the small stuff you know i kind of we did this whole episode on creating a bedroom haven um, start with the small stuff, give yourself permission to clear off your bedside table and only bring back things that support your erotic context. What needs to be there? What doesn't need to be there? What is wanting to be there? Right. If you could slide open your bedroom drawer and reach in and there was an object that supported your sexual pleasure, what would that object be? Is it massage oil? Is it lube? Is it a sex toy? Is it a book of erotica? Is it a sleeping mask so you can get better sleep? 
what one thing could you tuck in the drawer that would support your erotic context tonight? And what is one thing you can remove immediately? That, you know, pillow that you got when you were a kid that for some reason you've been holding on to, but every time you see it, it makes you feel like a child. Put it in the attic. Give it away. What is one thing that's a little drain or a break? Start with the small stuff and start noticing. Um, and as we shift our contexts, and this has to be deeper than kind of conduing our sex life, right? This isn't about just objects. That is one place to start, but it has to be about our interior lives and again, our nervous system. The context of how you respond to touch, to flirtation, to initiation, to social connection at all is so much a story that lives in our nervous systems. And we need to remember that too can change. Positive neuroplasticity tells us and guides us and shows us how to start changing the context of our nervous systems. And that to me feels like magic. We have so much more to share around this. We will be back with you with further episodes of the Speaking of Sex podcast. And please remember, you can always take a deeper dive with us at pleasuremechanics.com, where you will find not only our complete podcast archive, but also our suite of online courses, where you can learn new erotic skills, go deeper with us and get our personal support. You will find it all at pleasuremechanics.com. Join us. We love you. We are here for you. And if you love the show and want to support our work, pleasuremechanics.com slash love. Send us the love, show your support, and we will be back with you with another episode of the Speaking of Sex podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Pleasure.